Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of Servant's Heart Chapel. I hope uh, this particular episode is a special blessing to you. So let's get right to it. Uh, if you recall, when we last left uh, the last sermon, Paul was giving his farewell address to the leaders of the Ephesian church. And in verse 22, he said, And now I'm on my way to Jerusalem, bound in my spirit, not knowing what I will encounter there, except that in town after town, the Holy Spirit testifies to me that chains and afflictions are waiting for me. But, he said, because contrasting statement now, but I count my life of no value to myself. There's, my life itself is of no value to me personally, so I'm not going to shrink back from my responsibility in preserving my life and any uh, aspect of my life that most people would try to preserve. No value to me. And then he gives why. He said, so why, why would I count my life no value to myself so that I may finish my course, he says. Finish the course. I, I, I ran a half marathon uh, uh, Saturday. Actually, I was off by like four-tenths of a mile, but that's okay. I, I was like playing with to run a half marathon. And, and I, I was intending to finish my course. Um, I, I did want to quit a few times. When, you, when you're running by yourself because they've, they've shut everything down, there's no races going on. But I trained to be ready for a race in July, and so I was going to run a race. And so I ran by myself. And I... Uh, um, Often there by myself alone with only the cars going by. The only spectators, I did have hundreds of spectators, by the way. Hundreds of cows would run up to the fence to, see, to watch me run by, trying to figure out what I was doing. So I did have spectators, uh, but, but no one else running with me. And when you're running by yourself, when I got to about the 10-mile mark, I kind of hit a wall. And, and I, uh, I, I wanted to quit. I was like, oh, this really isn't, you know, this doesn't really count for anything. You know, why, why kill myself uh, to, to do this? I wanted to quit. Um, I, I was I, trying to preserve part of my life. There was a discomfort I was feeling. I was tired. My muscles started to hurt. My shoes, by the way, I realized halfway, uh, well, five miles into the run that my shoes were finally getting too old. I don't know why it waited until that point because I could, I could feel blisters begin to develop on my feet. Um, so I was feeling that discomfort, and, 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 and my hands were starting to swell, um, and, and just the fatigue and having to dig more to, to push harder. And so I was tempted to preserve the comfort that I could feel. 
I didn't have to do this. I could I could call Missy right at that point. She was wasn't very far away. She could come get me. I could sit in an air-conditioned car and go home and eat ice cream. But I counted, I, I did I, I I discounted the value of comfort. Why? So I could finish my course. And Paul wanted to finish his course in life, the mission that God had given him to, to preach the gospel to as many people as he possibly could. He said, I saw my finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of God's grace. The people want to hold on to things and, and Christians uh, will will get themselves into trouble because they want to hold on to something in their life that should be of no value to them. They, you know, something they want to maintain uh, pleasantness in their life. Sometimes being a Christian calls for uh, difficulties, calls for pain, uh, but uh, they want to preserve that that pleasantness in their life. They want to preserve wealth in their life. Um, is everything okay, Robert? Okay. Um, they want to preserve wealth in their life. Uh, like the young rich man in the Bible who, who Jesus said, well, you need to sell everything you have uh, and give to the poor. Why? Because he loved his money. And, and so he wanted to preserve that lifestyle that he had developed. He wasn't willing to give that up. That material possessions they want to preserve. Uh, and, they, and they can't give it up. They want to preserve the power in their life. They're being called to give up a high-ranking position. They want to preserve the prestige in their life. And in and, and so doing, uh, they don't end up finishing the course that God has given them. They don't fin- end up... Uh, uh, completing the work that God has given them to do because they want, so they shrink back. A missionary uh, was about to leave London for Africa, and uh, his family and friends uh, were unhappy with this, and they said to him, Don't go there, you will die. To which he replied, I have already died in Jesus in London. And now I'm ready to die for Jesus in Africa. His life was of no value to him because he wanted to complete the work that God has given him. Verse 25, And now I know that none of you Will ever see my face again? Paul says, "You're never going to see my face again," and so he knows this is the last time he, he's going to see them. And 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 as soon as I read that clause, that statement, my thought is, okay, what of all the things that he could tell them? What uh, is he going to tell them? What's uh, so important? That he he wants to share it because he knows he may not have a chance. He won't have a chance again to share it in person. He said, everyone, everyone I went about preaching the kingdom to, 
Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of everyone's blood. What do you mean by that? He meant those, if you decide to reject the truth that I have given to you, you're on your own. I am innocent. I have done my part. I think this is an important lesson for those of us who have friends and loved ones we're trying to reach for Christ. If they turn away from God and reject the truth, it's sad, but it's not our responsibility. We need to make sure that we don't. I had trouble with that as a pastor. I felt responsible for those who turned away from God. And it wore on me. And it wore on me because it wasn't my burden to bear. Whenever you're overstressed, you may want to look at whether or not you have a right to carry the burden that you're carrying. Because you may not. It may not be yours to carry. He said, I am innocent of everyone's blood for I... Verse 27, I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole plan of God. He didn't back away. He did his job. It wasn't easy. Remember, he was scared. He was really nervous. When, 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 the, when he came and, and, and uh, planted that church in Ephesus, those first Christians preaching, it was it was very uncertain. Ephesus was an evil city. Remember, it was like a Vegas uh, of the East. All kinds of debauchery was going on. And so he, he but he didn't shrink back. He did he he did what he was supposed to do. And so then what did he say? Verse twenty eight. <clears throat> he tells them to be on guard. Of all the things that he tells them, this is most important to him. He warns them, be on guard. And he says, remember, he's talking to the church leaders here. But I think this is, it's most applicable to church leaders. It is applicable to every single Christian. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock that the Holy Spirit has appointed you to you as overseers, the shepherd to shepherd the church of God. Did you know that it's not just the pastor that shepherds the church? It's all the mature Christians in the church. We work as a team to shepherd the church. To be on guard. What are we on guard for? Let's finish this verse here. Uh, which he purchased with his own blood. Verse 29 I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And men will rise up from your own number with deviant doctrines to lure the disciples into following them. So we have danger on the outside and danger on the inside. Danger on the outside we see right now. There is continuing pressure for, one to, for, for you to, to, to uh, be considered foolish to believe the Bible is true. Foolish to believe there is a God. 
for you know if you believe in I don't know if you know with movies and TV if you subscribe to any religion except for Christianity then you're treated with respect and appreciation for what you believe if you if you're a Christ follower then you're made fun of and you're considered a fool so we have that and then there's even outside pressure and not only are you foolish but if you believe there's actual right and wrong, concrete right and wrong, then you're a bigot and you hate people. That's that's the social uh, stuff that's coming out now from the outside against the Christ-believing church. And then there's... There is danger, and, and, and so the, us as uh, mature Christians, we're supposed to be on guard for that and watch that and protect the weaker Christians. And then you have um, the, uh, uh, the danger on the inside of the church. There are people who will come to church and, and, um, and at some point start as they say, deviant doctrines. They, they start saying things that aren't quite true from what the Bible says, and they try to get others to believe it. We experienced that in our church. A man named Matt who came to our church for a while. Act like he wanted to follow God. He wanted to serve God. And then later, after he had ended up leaving the church, I found out he was talking to other people, trying to get one man to... to, uh, to Oh, you don't need to go to church every Sunday. Talk them into skipping church one day so they could do something. Tell another man uh, to, 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 to not trust me as, as a pastor. They're deviant doctrines. There was, and, and so we need to be on guard for this stuff. Maybe I should have been on guard better. I don't know. But there's a danger, and that danger is just as real today as it was almost 2,000 years ago when Paul gave this farewell address. We need to be on guard. There's constant pressure. There's always some new book coming out that's reportedly Christian and is unbiblical constantly. And it's a way to be on guard, we have to be aware of that. Verse 31, therefore, be on alert. Why? Because of this danger that he's talking about. Remembering that night and day for three years, I did not stop warning each one of you with tears. So Paul was feeling so much pain for these people night and day that he was shedding tears about it. He cared about them. And he wanted to remember, he wanted them to remember that, that I cared about you and I warned you constantly. Verse 32. And now, I, and now, so I've done my part. I'm innocent of your blood. 
And verse 32 said, And now I commit to God and to the message of His grace, which is able to... I'm sorry, and now I commit you to God and to the message of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. So it's like... So at some point, when we when we stop being, can, we're no longer an influence in somebody's life, such as we've had military families who've moved away, right? At three so far. And while I'm able to, at some degree, communicate with them a little bit, we are no longer the influence we once were in their lives. And so I, as a pastor, have to commit to God, commit them to God. They are God's responsibility. And God is able to, notice that God's grace is able, there's, 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 uh, God's grace has an impact on us both in this life and in the next. In this life, God's grace builds us up. That's what gives us strength to endure trials, temptations, tribulations, that's God's grace. You feel worn down, you need to pray for grace. God, give me grace. I need it. And it's it, it, it's enough. God told Paul, my grace is sufficient. God's grace is enough. And, and so it helps in this life. And then next, it says give you an inheritance. It's God's grace that provides that inheritance. That we have looked, that eternal reward that we had to look forward to. Verse 33. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands have provided for my needs and those who are here with me. See, Paul was a leather worker. He made he made tents, and he probably said other things, but mainly tents. At least the, the use of the language, that's what we understand. He, it, was a, it was a great job to have, a great vocation to have, because no matter where he traveled, there was always a need there. So he always had customers to sell to, and his tools were probably easily carried. He probably had some bone needles, probably a, a knife to cut the leather, and probably a stone to keep the knife sharp, and that, that was all he needed that I could think of, not being an expert in the field. There may be some other things that I don't know about. But he, he, he earned his own money. I mean, there were people that gave him and helped him. But he, he mainly relied on, on the work of his hands to keep himself employed, to pay for his clothes, pay for his food, pay for travel. Um, and, he, and he serves as an example to us. Verse 35, in every way I've shown you that by laboring like this, it is necessary to help the weak and to keep in mind the words of the Lord Jesus, for he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. God blesses us financially, not so we can buy boats and, and uh, fancy cars and all that stuff, but so we can help people. So we can help those who can't help themselves. 
feed those who are hungry, clothe those who are naked. That's why I've been a big believer in Servant's Heart Chapel. And I want you to know, I do put my money where my mouth is. We do give to the church. And we give to the community. I don't want, I, I don't want, the, I don't want to talk about my finances. I don't want to brag on, on how I use God's money. I believe it's God's money, by the way, that I'm just a steward of it. Whatever money God gives me. It's really his money. I'm just handling it for him. But I don't like to talk about what we may or may not give. Because my objective isn't does everybody go, oh, wow, he gives a lot. That's great. That's why I'm not going to say how much. But I want you to know that I'm not asking you Talking about giving, and I'm not doing it myself. <clears throat> There's more blessed to give than to receive. I love giving. I fell in love with giving, giving many years ago as a teenager, and I've been doing it ever since. To me, there's no greater feeling than when God puts you in a very specific situation, just drops you in the middle of it, and you have the resources to meet someone's need. It is a lot of fun. I love it. God doesn't give me the chance very often, those type of situations. Yes, you may. Verse 36, after he said this, he knelt down and prayed with all of them. And there was a great deal of weeping by everyone. They embraced Paul and kissed him, grieving most of all over his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they escorted him to the ship. And we finally finish chapter 20. Yes. Now there's, there's, I want, there's some final tech takeaways from chapter 20 that I just want to quickly go over before we move into chapter 21. Number one, I think we learned that we learned to love people but love Jesus more. If the people had their way, Paul would not go to Jerusalem. Oh, don't leave us. Don't go to Jerusalem. You'll be in danger. You'll be killed. But that would end up hurting Paul and his mission and the work that God has given him. Number two, value input, but follow God's will. So we take input from, from, from our peers on, on what we may need to do, but ultimately we need to seek God's will, what God wants us to do, how providence works in our lives. 
Number three, there's something worse than dying, and that's not living. If you spend your life just so focused on trying to preserve your health and your comfort and your peace and never seeking after God, just preserving your own little world, you'll never have lived. Number four, when you follow Jesus to Calvary, you're not alone and you won't regret it. If, if God asks you to follow a difficult road that you know is going to end up in your death, you're not alone. Christ is with you every step of the way, and you will not regret it. Number five, following Jesus is costly. Not following is more costly. You know that? When I followed the Lord, <clears throat> well, let's, 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 so there's a, a man I know, Bud Dickinson. He was, um, Bud Dickinson uh, was a <clears throat> machine expert. He just understood machines. He didn't have to get trained on a machine. If a machine was broke, just give him a little time. He'll look at it. He'll figure out what's wrong. He just had a knack for that. He was very good at that and very highly rated made a lot of money. Um, and God called him to um, God's Bible school to help them out during a very difficult time. They needed a good maintenance guy because the school was falling apart. The buildings were in shambles. Everything was in bad shape. They, need, they needed a man who knew how to do stuff. They needed him. And they couldn't pay him very much. And often there were times where he didn't get paid at all. And during this, his tenure at, at, at the Bible school, uh, while he was still in the middle of, of trying to get it back up to at least a, 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 a decent standard, um, uh, a manufacturing company called him and offered him a job, uh, a six-figure job, and this was the '90s, so it was it was a good amount of money. And he turned it down, and so that cost him hundreds of thousands of dollars. He lost by turning down that job. But if he had taken the job, he would have been out of God's will. He might have lost his faith. See, not, see following God costs. Not following God costs more, a lot more. I think I'll go ahead and wrap up versus going into uh, chapter 21 at this time. Let us stand. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's episode. 
If you have any questions, feel free to email us at ServantsHeartChapel at gmail.com. Also, we have a website, ServantsHeartChapel.org. We also have a Facebook page, so you're welcome to check us out. Love to hear from you, prayer requests, anything you may need. We are here for you. Have a wonderful and blessed day.